I'm Lindsay Claiborne. And I'm Mumu Shu, and you are listening to Beyond the Microscope. Hi, everyone. We are back. Today's guest is Adriana Bankston. She is a policy activist at the nonprofit Future of Research. Welcome, Adriana. Thank you for having me. What is it that you do as a policy activist? So my position at the Future of Research is actually a volunteer position that allows me to represent the organization in various capacities. I'm actually the only policy activist at the organization right now. And my goal is to promote science policy and advocacy for junior scientists and also to gather and present data on various issues in the scientific system, just generally. And um, so really the point is to make a difference in policies that benefit junior scientists. How do you go about doing that? I mean, what, what, what kind of things are there? So we've had several um, things that we do. Um, we started out by organizing local meetings to try to get um, people to advocate for science and different issues that they were interested in. So the idea of the organization started as a grassroots advocacy to promote systemic change to the way we do science. And this um, originated from a symposium that happened in 2014 in Boston, where a group of postdocs were just got together to talk about different issues that they see uh, affecting the future of science. And after that, um, more meetings were organized in, also in Boston and other cities now. We've, we've done several to um, talk about different issues in science. So, one of, so this is just one of the aspects is actual organizing meetings. We also um, promo promote advocacy and several other issues such as transparency and open science at our own meetings that we've organized or presented posters and did workshops at national meetings. Um, after that, we summarize the workshops and posters in different, uh, different ways, such as blog posts mostly, and also we've written some publications. What were some of the problems that, uh, I guess, you and other scientists had noticed that kind of prompted the creation of Future of Research? Um, so there are several things. I think the main thing is that we feel that junior scientists don't really have a voice in science. And this includes multiple things such as, um, for example, being on committees and representing junior scientists at meetings. These are some, some of the things that we're trying to do. We also are trying to promote transparency, for example, for career outcomes, because we don't know where students and postdocs go after their training is completed. We're also really big advocates on, for open science, which is something that is um, happening more now. And we really want to um, gather data about specific issues in science and get them out there in a public way that a lot of organizations are not able to do because they're affiliated with institutions or they have other restrictions. So that's one of our strengths is that we're trying to gather data, for example, for, or for career outcomes or postdoc salaries that other organizations can't do. And um, so one of my projects, so I guess my major project has been actually looking at postdoc salaries um, nationally. And this was after the um, Fair Labor Standards Act, which was a federal labor law that basically mandated that postdoc salaries be raised to 47476 per year from the current um, level. 
And this would mean that nationally postdoc salaries would be raised. And this was supposed to happen at December 1st of last year. And then on November 22nd, there was an injunction that was granted nationally that delayed the FLSA and basically allowed universities to either not comply with FLSA or comply depending on what they wanted to do. So this really created a lot of turmoil in the postdoc population because they didn't know what would be happening for a while. Um, and also, these postdoc salaries were tracked by institutions, but some institutions didn't know what the others were doing. So we created a resource where we kept all the information in one place, which is really helpful for institutions to see what everyone was doing. And this really helped with our transparency project to um, just highlight the issue that what are institutions doing and how can we make this more transparent, open for everyone? Obviously, these all these issues make sense, right? You know, wages and 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 sort of understanding what's going on and, and making sure it's sort of fair and 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 accessible to lots of people. But when you have these meetings and organizing groups, do you, do you what do you like? Do people come away from your meetings and things going, you know, inspired? What are they expected to do? Go back to their institutions and change things, or is it just providing them a sort of resource slash or you know network to work from what what's the end goal so there are several things so one is providing resources in terms of different things so for example career development we've done some workshops on that the salaries as well um there's also just influencing science in general by showing the issues that are happening with junior scientists because there's not a lot of data that's out there, for example, on postdocs, especially where they go and how they're treated while they're postdocs. And then, for example, they don't have uh, professional development activities and they're really not being trained to do anything other than academia. And then also um, collecting data on some of these issues, uh, which really is very poor in terms of postdocs, especially. And then ultimately, the, re the goal is to try and make change um, at a national level. So especially with the salaries, we, um, we're doing this in order to enable students and postdocs to go at, at their own institutions to say, hey, you know, this university in my state is ra raising salaries, so you should do it too. And so it's sort of starting this movement, movement nationally to kind of put pressure on institutions to say that, okay, these institutions are raising and then everyone should be doing that. And the ones that are not will probably suffer because, for example, students who are graduating now with their PhDs may not go to that institution because the postdocs, are, they're not raising salaries there. So they were sort of trying to create change um, in the system by raising awareness to some of these issues, like I was saying, the salaries or the career tracking well, so how did you, how, let's, let's, start, let's start back up a little bit and, and say, what is your background in? Um, and what did you do before you uh, came to Future of Research? So my background is in skeletal muscle biology. I got my PhD from Emory and then did two short postdocs. And during this time, I was still thinking about whether I wanted to go into academia and started looking at other career options at the same time. So at the university that I was at, which is University of Louisville, we really didn't have any uh, resources for postdocs. 
So together with another postdoc, I developed a career seminar series, which is just basically inviting people to talk about their career paths. Um, that was really helpful for me and also sort of started in my mind the idea that I like providing this sort of programming for postdocs. And then after that, it sort of um, became more apparent that this was something I really liked doing. And so I organized a symposium um, two years in a row to get scientists together in the Midwest who were working on membrane trafficking, which is my field at the time. And so it just sort of grew from a local interest to provide something for postdocs to a regional and then eventually national interest. Um, so I started getting involved with organizations that were specifically um, related to postdocs, like the National Postdoc Association. And through that, sort of um, started being interested in broader issues than just career careers for postdocs and um, realized that, for example, other issues that existed like reproducibility and um, just my interest just grew broader from that point on to try and help students and postdocs navigate where, what careers they wanted to go into, especially because I didn't know what I wanted to do either. And um, that grew eventually into just trying to help science in general, because I was noticing a lot of issues there, like I was saying reproducibility and uh, also career tracking and also professional development that didn't really exist for postdocs, at least where I was. And so it just became a general interest to try and improve science in general in spite of these issues because I think science needs to move on even though we have all these, these things that need to be fixed. So at the time when um, I finished my postdoc, which was September of last year, uh, Future of Research sort of was starting up and really lined up with what I was interested in. So seemed like a really good transition for me. Um, and I was also interested in going into policy at the time to try and make changes kind of more broadly than just the institutional level, because I think we need to change things, uh, for example, career development, uh, professional development, and also um, transparency and open access and all these things that universities are doing, but we need to do it at a broader level so that we can sort of create policies that everyone can use and create something that's more uniform across the U.S. Do you miss doing the science or is this more fulfilling and more interesting? No, I don't miss it at all. Uh, I sort of feel like I'm still doing science now because we collected all this data about postdoc salaries and actually wrote a paper that was published last year in F1000 Research. And we write blog posts. Uh, I do like the sort of outreach side of this that you're talking to non-scientists about the science that you're doing at least with the project with the postdoc salaries and um, so we do that we also wrote a book chapter about general reforms about postdocs which will be out in the summer and uh, and I present posters and do workshops and I still go to scientific meetings I just have a different side of it now so I think uh, I'm really enjoying it much more actually what what kind what kind of reactions do you get from other postdocs? I mean, obviously, you it's not like you don't know what everyone else is going through, but do people come up to you and be like, "Oh, I'm so glad you're doing this kind of thing," or "Hey, here's five more ideas." Uh, I think that's sort of both. Um, so people are really happy that we created this resource with the postdoc salaries because 
they're able to see what everyone else is doing. That's actually that's a really important point that centralizing all this information in one place I think will help science a lot. So people are very excited about it and very grateful that we've done this. Um, including universities and other organizations as well who are not, as I said the, at the beginning, are not able to do that because of some restrictions the, because they can't publish individual institution information online. So we've really gotten a very positive reaction from this. Um, and also other things have come out, as such as I said, the paper, the book chapter, a lot of blog posts and a lot of exposure like this podcast and also other podcasts we've done. So we've really... Uh, it's really helped the organization a lot, actually, to, um, to, to publish this resource and also other things that came out of that. When you talk about, you know, science advocacy, are, well, when, when we usually hear that word, we think about advocacy, you know, in Congress or, or, or lobbying for a specific cause, right? Um, is Future of Research directed more inward in terms of changing the academic structure or the research structure? Um, yeah, so it's the, the mission is generally to improve the scientific enterprise. So this includes both academic and non-academic. We are advocating for changes for science, but also looking at, for example, where scientists go after they leave the bench. So uh, we're also interested in non-academic paths as well. And uh, so in terms of advocacy, we've done a um, workshop last year to kind of train scientists about doing that because we think that science advocacy obviously is something that everyone is doing now, and, but they're not really trained for it. So we did a workshop to come up with strategies to better communicate your message, for example, do, making a good infographic or just how to communicate something simply to a non-scientist that you wouldn't do. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. So we're trying to sort of help um, junior scientists advocate for whatever cause they have by providing this sort of tools, which are just general communication tools to, for them. Are there other projects that you're working on um, that we might find surprising or unexpected or interesting? So I think, yeah, still the general thing that people don't realize is that junior scientists really don't have a voice in how science is done, which is really sort of ironic because they're the ones that are actually doing the science at the bench. So in terms of um, getting them involved outside, like to advocate for science in different venues, um, to talk about the fact that postdocs are underpaid. So that's not something that really people know or how really they're viewed. So in terms of, you know, are they trainees? Are they employees? They're really viewed as cheap labor instead of being viewed as a position that would be transitional to an independent faculty position, which is what it should be. So there's a lot of nuances to at least the postdoc position being really ill-defined and how postdocs are being treated in science and that's not something that you really know unless you really in the in the scientific community and, um, and so in terms of other projects we the FLSA project has now uh, transitioned into a bigger postdoc salary project and then um, we also have a, a project called Speaking Up for Scientists, which is facilitating communication between societies and their junior membership. Again, trying to involve them in committees and to see how 
um, how they can contribute to the mission of the society, but also it can help them realize which societies they want to join because they provide opportunities for them to make their voice heard on issues that you wouldn't know that are out there unless you are actually a student or a postdoc, and then you're going through them now. Um, and then also the career outcomes tracking. So this is something I didn't really know much about when I started getting involved with the future of research, but there's a lot of people now that are not going into academia and we don't know where they go. And it would be nice to have some sort of database to be able to track that long term. And that's something that's really important to do. Have you ever gotten pushback from other scientists? about the types of things that you are advocating for? I would say there is some reticence from, for example, some senior scientists and maybe some universities who don't like having their information public, although we did, we did ask about that before. Um, so if they didn't want that, we didn't do it. Um, but in general, I think... At least most junior scientists are on board with it. Uh, there are some uh, senior scientists that may may sort of be more resistant to change. I don't have specific examples. Um, and most of the work that we've done seems to be uh, people seem to be really receptive to it, including administration and other entities that we work with. It seems that people in general are getting more on board with the idea that things need to change. It's just a matter of doing that. And also at this point, uh, a lot of organizations and societies are doing it separately. So that's actually one of the things that we, we did a workshop on recently to try and get everyone together to see what sort of efforts were being duplicated so that we don't all, um, for example create the same type of programming that if so that if exists or exists already somewhere we don't all sort of do the same things because we all realize the issues that are there but we don't want to all um, create redundant things so how can we work together to sort of create a better scientific system but using the strength that each of us have so for example at future research we have we can do certain things that other universities or institutions can't but um organizations like larger societies also have more resources and so we can I think we can work together to improve things from sort of the strength of everyone what's your um what's your obviously this is going to sound funny because your whole company is future research but what is the what's the future what's ideally if assuming what you do works and people take onto it and you get a lot done what what's the sort of end goal I guess one of the things I like to see is having really useful data and resources for all of these things. So, for example, career and salaries and all those things um, so that everyone can benefit from that and sort of create some a more uniform way of doing science everywhere. Um, I'm hoping that when future graduate students go start... Um, graduate school they will have the resources they need and won't have to create a career seminar like I had um, I'm sort of envisioning everywhere that you would have these resources to 
pretty much go into any career that you want and uh, don't have to create those things for yourself and uh, that also PIs would be receptive to you going out and doing professional development activities and that would be sort of part of their grant or your training so that that's something you can do without feeling guilty that you're leaving the lab for a couple of hours to do that and um, so I think just generally having resources and also sort of changing the culture of science in terms of allowing students and postdocs to go out of the lab and enhance their professional development for whatever career they want to go into. Well, I think that's all the questions that we have. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Hey, you're still here. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the show. Help other people find this podcast by giving us a rating on iTunes. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Scope Podcast. Our theme music was composed by the Copycuts. Cuts.